Welcome to Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert, a podcast sponsored by the Healing Lives Center. Discover how to love and lead your family well and biblically. God created sex, marriage, and the family for our stewardship, growth, and benefit. My heart and passion is to teach, train, educate, and disciple Christians that want strong marriages and families. The Healing Life Center has been serving Christians since the year 2000. Its mission is to be a center for sex, trauma, and marriage education and transformation, where we offer counseling, coaching, courses, and speaking services to you, your church, or ministry. Check us out at HealingLives.com. Welcome. Looking forward to our conversation today with Derek and Amy Weichel. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Thank you very much. This is a very important conversation, um, one that's really focusing on your family and looking forward to the resources that uh, the Weichel family has and what they've their journey. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got here um, in your book and your family. Sure. So yeah, our our story has a kind of a, a couple of uh, a couple of points that help get us to where we are. Um, several years ago, when our kids were still young, um, we actually had a, a family friend who was a teenager who who died suddenly, and um, and that started getting us thinking. Hey, you know, we don't know how much time we have with our kids, and and, and you know, especially from a spiritual standpoint. Are we doing what we can to make sure that we're you know keeping our kids focused on Jesus? Um, and then as our kids got older, we, you know, started seeing some of the statistics out there, 60 to 70% of kids um, will leave the church, even if they're going to church on a regular basis, going to a Christian school, going to Sunday school, none of those are bad things, but still, even with the, those influences, kids are still leaving the church. So that was another thing that prompted us to think, hey, what can we be doing as parents to, to maybe help change that trajectory for our family life? And then finally, the third thing was that we, we have a coach and we were talking to him one day and he, he talked to him about some parenting ideas. And he asked us, well, what's your plan for parenting? And, and that's when we looked at ourselves and we're like, wow, we, <laughs> you know, God entrusted us with these four children. Um, and, and we really aren't being very intentional about raising them um, just from a general parenting standpoint, but more specifically from a spiritual standpoint. Um, so then that prompted us to start doing some research to say, okay, well, how can we come up with our own intentional parenting plan um, that will not only help us, you know, from a general parenting standpoint, but also from that spiritual standpoint, we started doing some research and couldn't really find many resources that were going to help us with that. So we went through this process on our own. And while going through that process, um, we kind of helped, we, we, we kind of developed the framework that we followed. Um, once we got our plan in place and we saw many benefits, many blessings um, to having this plan set up for our family life, um, and, and especially from a spiritual standpoint, helped us be a lot more intentional from that aspect of it. And we thought, wow, you know, this has been really a blessing for our family. Maybe this is something that could help other families as nice. well. And then that's kind of eventually what led to us um, uh, writing our book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's yeah, people started noticing that things were a little bit different for us and maybe kind of like, hey, what you guys are are different. And then we kind of said, well, how did we get to this place and of being like more connected and just more focused on Jesus for our family? And so um, we thought maybe they would like to go through that process, too. So nice. So we came up with the framework. Nice. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll get into the framework here in a little bit because I really love your framework. I think it's very practical and very um intentional you're right i think most families it's survival it's whatever the demands are we kind of 
go through few filters, but do I say yes? It's almost like we look around at others. If they're saying yes, we say yes. So how do we intentionally lead our family in terms of commitments? Um, But you're the the scary one is the stat on how many walk away from the church when they graduate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that really got our attention when we started seeing those statistics and uh, we were doing exactly what you said, you know, especially when we have four kids and at one point they were ages five, five uh, and under. So we were in survival mode <laughs> yeah, just trying to keep the kids alive from day to day, much less, you know, think about, well, is this the best way to right. be doing things? Um, and then, yeah, as they grew older and we started seeing those stats, well, it, it, you know, we thought we were doing the right things by sending them to a Christian school, taking them to church, Sunday school. And again, I don't want to say those right. are bad things, right. but in and of themselves, you can't delegate all of that uh, teaching to others. You need to, you know, the statistics show the most important thing is the parents' influence on the children's spiritual development. And again, not just outsourcing it, but actually intentionally um, teaching it and talking about it in the home. Yeah. And then using those things as more of a resource and like a complimentary, not just delegating it. Oh, church. And we go to church, check that box off. But, you know, that's like part of your whole plan. I know we saw a difference. Our kids were doing community Bible study with my wife. So they would go get this like semester long, intense dive into Revelation or Mm -hmm. the book of John or something like that. that You don't get almost anywhere except seminary. Yeah. And then they decided, hey, we want to go to Awana. Our friends are going to Awana. We're like, sure, go. We're not going to make you do anything. It was actually kind of cool to see peer pressure there, make them do stuff. We didn't have to because the, the, the foundation was very much a deeper dive. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in a book study, we almost think kids can't handle that, and I I strongly disagree. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. That's what we found with our kids too. Is but you know, even from that spiritual standpoint, is they're capable of a lot more than we give them credit for. Yeah. When you push them, they can really um they can really show that they study that they can study memorize a lot more than you think they can. So, yeah. Yeah. So then, what were some of the things others were seeing that was different about you? Like, what was different about your family? Yeah, I think some of it was. Just that we were more connected, we're having more fun together. Um, they kind of like asked me, "Well, don't you guys go through some of the problems we we do?" And I said, "Well, yeah, but we just kind of have more of a a plan for it, I guess." I mean, nice. um, and we kind of intentionally thought of things beforehand too, like even like with our discipline. Um, I'm really reactive, so having like more of a thought out plan before jumping in helps me to just instead of be reactive I jump into like okay um this is what we talked about before so this is what we do now and that's something that the kids have been included with too and so I think people have noticed that um and asked me about that before well that's two big things the fact that you recognize your own areas that need work so the reactivity but then creating a plan that's that's so it's prepping prepping being a t- intentional ahead of time we're going to have struggles we're going to have uh yep. battles of the will and they're probably going to win <laughs> yeah yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the ben one of the big benefits too, from my standpoint and Amy's is it just helps to take that emotion out of it. Mm -hmm. Cause I think if you get into a conflict and you let your emotion take over, usually yeah. things don't turn out very well. But if you think about it beforehand, okay, well, if we get into this situation, this is me and the kids know that this is what's going to happen. This is the consequence helps to take that emotion out of it. And I mean, there's going to be still going to be some situations you might not have thought through or might not have prepared yep. for. And in those situations too, I think it's important to say, okay, well, we're just going to step back for a minute. We're not going to, you know, let our emotions take over. We'll talk about this later after you've had a chance to sit down and develop a plan for how you're going to handle it. Yeah, we, we definitely don't do it perfectly, but this just really gives us like more direction so that yes. we can do it better more often. And the yeah. kids are all the same, right? They're all exactly the same. <laughs> Not quite. They're Not all quite. a little bit different. Quite uh, different, some of them. Yeah, I've got one that him and I just butt heads like crazy. And it's like, oh, gosh. Even my wife yeah. look at me like, Corey, stop it. Because <laughs> I'm not. Because the emotions get in. And, oh, yep. terrible. Yeah. Well, let's look at your plan. What is your, What are the steps that you kind of came up with that are really yep. the, the meat there of do this? Yeah. So we'll kind of go over just the, the big picture overview. And then if there are certain aspects we want to kind of dig into a little more, we can. Okay. Um, but generally what we want, what we did and what we advise other parents to do, too, is just start by looking at their family's strengths, weaknesses and their culture. I think every like you were just alluding to with children, every family is different, too. So you, so you need to say, OK, well, you know, what are our strengths? What are we good at? What are our weaknesses? What are we not good at? And what does our culture look like? Once you've got that established, then we've got what we call seven simple steps um, to help you better steward your family life. And so there's a, the I love acronym. That. That. I love that. That steward is the acronym. That is such yep, a yep. critical word. I love that. Yep. So exactly. So the uh, so the uh, stewards the acronym. The S stands for seek God. So first, you know, we want to look at what God wants us to do as parents. The T stands for target or trajectory, and that's just basically making sure your family is all on the same page with where you want to go as a family. And you know, Amy and I, you know, before we did this, we found that we weren't always on the same page as far as what we wanted. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so this really helped us like focus yep. in what we want together. For yep. our family. Love that. And then the E is for explore your options. Like we mentioned before, you know, just because your friends are doing it one way doesn't mean that's the best thing for your family. Or just because your parents did it one way doesn't mean they did it wrong, but it's your family's different than 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 you know how you were raised. So and look at your different options for parenting. The W stands for write it down. So once you've had a chance to look at these different options, take time to write down, okay, what is our plan for these different aspects of our parenting? Uh, and the most important one we, we think from that one is your, is your spiritual um, plan to have a spiritual family growth plan for your family. And the next one is A is for action. So we provide some, um, some tips to help them put this plan to that, into action. The R is for review or revise, because obviously your, your family is going to change over time. You'll learn new things. Some things you have tried aren't going to be working. <laughs> so you just need to have a plan. How often are you going to go back and look at this and make changes as needed? And then finally, the D is for direct others. We, we say, you know, once you're on a good path and you're a parenting journey, then you should go help others who may be struggling on theirs and help them with some resources that might have worked well for you. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. And the, th the other thing you mentioned earlier, which to me fits in with this really well, is you're partnering with your kids. This mm -hmm. isn't like a top down only. You're mm -hmm. still the parents, 
but in conversation with them, including them and in some of the decisions makes the buy-in totally different than when they're just told, especially as they get older. Yeah, I think that especially from our standpoint, that came into play when we were doing the, the T aspect, targeted mm -hmm. trajectory. Part of that is setting up your family's vision and values. Yes. And yeah, yeah, we had the kids involved with that whole process. Our youngest was was pretty young when we were doing it. Um, so we didn't necessarily have her write out what she thought our visions or values should be, but she would draw pictures and then kind of oh, tell yeah. us here's Love that. here's what I think is important. And like you said, you know her influence maybe wasn't as strong as our influence, but everyone was at the table, everyone was participating, um, and everyone had a vote. And you know, voted on which ones we wanted to mm -hmm. include in our family values. Well, and then even the youngest one though is is seeing a process that imprints on them in a way we can't even comprehend. And as they grow up, we, we don't yeah. realize how much even the younger ones who are, who may have less to say or a ton of a ton to say, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not relevant. But and that's kind of a neat thing of even just the family dynamics of birth order and you have older kids and younger kids. And yeah, that's a to me, that's such a neat practical thing. We bring a whiteboard into our, our dining room sometimes or a you know, flip chart, paper flip chart. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll write stuff out. And um, especially when there's a, a season of, okay, we need to, we need to pivot here. Yeah. Like a few years ago with COVID stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We homeschool. So that was less of an issue, but um, that to be intentional through seasons, through health issues, through struggles, financial changes uh, as a family. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's you know so important to get the kids involved. And even from a discipline standpoint, if something new comes up that we don't have a, a plan for, usually the way we'll do it is first Amy and I will discuss it and then we'll kind of take it to the kids and we'd be like, hey, here's here's the nice. issue. Here's what, you know, here's here's why we are concerned about this. Um, and if this happens again, then here's what our planned consequence is. Um, so that they're aware of it too, so that everyone's on the same page. Uh, and, you know, if this issue happens in the future, you know, it's not, we don't have to get, get emotional about it where we've got a plan and the kids already know what's going to happen too. So it makes it easier for everyone. I think that way. Yeah. And they know what How to expect too. They know, they know what they're getting themselves into yep. if they do it. Yes. And, the, and then they, they generally, because kids like to test the boundaries, at least some more than others, we, in our experience, at least, yes. they'll try it a couple of times. So you just have to be consistent with it too and Got that also through. helps to have it written down and have the mm -hmm. plan and thought out and and they know it's going to come each time but that's how at least one of our kids like that's how she feels loved I think is just to know that we are there mm -hmm. and we, we mean what we say and we're going to hold our boundaries yep. and because yep. then she'll give us the biggest hug after the consequence you know she's that that's how she feels loved so mm -hmm. we follow with that I know one of our, is that, how old are your kids, by the way, right now? Um, the oldest is 13, and then we have 11, 9, and 8. Yeah. Whew, yes. Yeah. Our youngest is 13, and our oldest is 17. Okay. And so now with a driver, whole new world. Yeah. And we live in Oregon, and the police don't tend to pull anyone over, it seems like. And he speeds like crazy. So I, Life 360 is awesome. And we keep getting these like 81 miles an hour alerts. And it's like, <laughs> So what do we do? <laughs> my wife reacted at first and just yanked a hundred bucks out of his bank account. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. he, he has a job. And so now we've moved it to 25, but yeah. every single time he speeds, though, he goes yeah. over 
in because we live in an area there's nothing over 60 so yeah he goes over she pulls 25 out and tells him <laughs> it's like yeah and he's yeah. slowed down yeah the police yeah. aren't gonna do it we have to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah those kind of that and that's i call my kids my experiments it's literally day by day as they grow up an experiment of we don't know what is the new mm -hmm. thing with the new struggle the new mm -hmm. temptation the new um right. and it's for some of us it's stuff we we never dealt with or we never dealt with it in that way yeah so that's to me the partnering with our kids to go hey let's talk about yeah. why this isn't acceptable or appropriate and hey what would you do if this was your kid even though that's a funny question yeah mm -hmm. but but yeah, and I think another way to look at that too is if they've got younger siblings to say, okay, well, what would you, what, how would you want your sibling, your younger sibling to react or behave yes. or, or treat this situation? And that kind of, if the, obviously, if they don't have kids, that at least gets them to think a little bit more from that standpoint of, okay, well, I've got to be a good role model for my siblings as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, every, every situation, like you said, there's going to be a lot of new situations that parents come into. And I think that's why it's important to have some sort of a framework in place. And yeah, if there is a new situation that comes up exactly like you were saying, you know, don't just react and say, no, we're not going to do that, but actually take the time to sit down, have a conversation, say, well, why do you want this, uh, you know, new technology or this new app or whatever the new thing is? And then, you know, make sure they understand what your concerns are. And then, you know, it's not necessarily a negotiation, but just try to maybe come up with a more rational plan for, hey, we could try this, but if if you go past these boundaries, yep. then this is the consequence. So you're not, you know, always just saying no, no, no all the time, but you have a plan to maybe let them try some of the things that they want to try. Yeah, especially as they're getting older and wanting to be more independent, and they should be more independent, right. but still giving them some boundaries and guidelines and bringing them into into that conversation too, rather than just dictating no or yes. Right. And as they get older, especially teenage years, which can be hard, that doesn't have to be, but we've got to be able to move those boundaries out slowly and then launch. I've seen so many families where they're tight, 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 18. All right, bye. Mm -hmm. And then of yeah. course they crash and burn. And of course they go off the deep end. And of course they try everything yeah. because they were not allowed to but then the other extreme is, well, you're 12. I guess you're an adult. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not that either. So exactly. partnering with our kids. I love the, the way that you're focused on the parents and on the family. Because you're right. Go to church every single time the doors open. Christian school. You've got mm -hmm. all these good inputs. Youth group. But it's actually not enough because it comes back to what happens in the home shapes, deeply shapes their future. Now, what I've seen is families who've been intentional in the home, intentional with all these other things, but it's also what they allow in their home has been the the negative, as in online peers, honestly, is, is the main one. These online influences that uh, have taken our kids away and yeah. taught ideologies and, and twisted, uh, well, they don't even know what's up or down. So, yeah. Yeah. That's another whole level. <laughs> you, think, you think everything's in the home, but there's all these outside influences that can so easily come in. And that's why it's important to have like those conversations, mm -hmm. you know, too, about like, what, what are our family values? What is our family culture? And then, you know, always go back to scripture and say, you know, this is the ultimate authority too. Right. Yeah. 
And we, if we model that as well, that we go back to scripture, they are at least getting that. Um, I found many parents, because the area I teach in is gender and sexuality, I think many parents who, who will say, oh, but I've told my kids that they can always come to me. And it's like, they're not going to. There's a yeah. few that might, but most will not. Because when yeah. shame enters the picture, I, I shut down, I pull away, I run away. That's yeah. the way Satan works. So we must be proactive at setting the boundaries, checking in our, on our kids, being intentional. Mm-hmm. I think that's a critical you're basically putting a heavier burden, I think, on mom and dad, which is the way mm-hmm. it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So your book, um, it's a book too, the the steward acronym that you had. This is in a book. Yeah. And, um, so, so where can people get that? Yeah. Hey, a chance to change. Okay. So yeah, it's available on Amazon. You can buy, I mean, there's an ebook version, paperback version, and even an audiobook version nice. out now. Um, but yeah, I think the the main thing with that book is it, it goes, it's, it's, it's a design for parents who, who are like, Hey, you know, things are going okay, but I want to, I know something's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be doing, you know, there's, they see that, Hey, our, our family is not where we want it to be. They see some of those statistics that, Hey, you know, even if I send my kids to church or Sunday school, that there's still that fairly decent chance that, you know, they might start to leave the church over time. And yeah. what can I be doing as a parent to, to, to really do almost everything I can be doing? Obviously no parents are perfect, but you know, what, what doing almost everything I can be doing to keep my children and my uh, family focused on Jesus for this and future generations. So um, for those parents, we wrote this book. It uh, kind of goes through that framework. It's written as a fictional book, which makes it easy to read. Um, it's uh, non-judgmental. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, provide a specific, um, a specific, it's not prescriptive. It tells pa- parents, you know, here's exactly what you should do, but it kind of leaves it open to them to figure out what's going to work best for their family. And even if you're not taking every single step, which could be overwhelming for some families, I think there's a lot of small ideas or lessons they could take from this book that would just help them get one step closer to that. Yeah. Yeah. And we heard some people say it's really relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they can put themselves and their family in the situation. And somebody said like, oh, my son just went off to college. And this just spoke to me, you know, because that's what happened in the book. So um, I think, yeah, we wrote it so that it would be relatable and encouraging and uh, maybe give you something to think about, maybe something that you never thought of before that you could do with your kids. And even if it's just one, like Derek said, like one, a couple small little things, they're going to make a huge difference in the long run, even just, you know, a few little things here and there. So yeah, we wrote it for, for families. So love it. And we need that. We need more and more good resources, biblical resources, Christ-centered that are leading family because the the voices are loud right now leading families away leading families towards a, a much more self-centered existence yeah and it's it can be challenging for parents too just because there's so many things going on in this world to get distracted by just to try to really keep your focus on jesus and how do i do that it's not not an easy thing to do yeah yeah, yeah. well it's good talking to you guys and it's good meeting you and um, Amy and Derek uh, Weichel, thank you so much for coming on. And if you want to uh, access that book, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, other places, but also on their website, which is faithfulparent.org. I love that t- that website. That's a good good name, faithfulparent.org. 
you can get the book there and there's other resources. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yep. Thanks for having us. Thank you for tuning in to the Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert podcast. It has been an honor to serve. If you are struggling, have questions, or in need, Dr. Gilbert offers a free consultation for new clients. Check us out at healinglives.com to book a call. If this has been helpful to you, please share it, leave a review, and help us get the word out so that we can see lives changed, marriages transformed, and more people come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. The Healing Life Center offers online courses, programs, books, intensives, and other services to help you live biblically and well. Discover more resources on YouTube and in Dr. Gilbert's Healing Marriage Facebook group, The Healing Marriage.